Well, the Blue Jackets lost their fifth game in a row, but at least no one got injured. Uh, or no one knew got injured. Anyway, uh, we're going to talk about the game. We're going to talk about Igor Chinkov. Going to be uh, missing from the lineup for a little bit. And uh, maybe look ahead to uh, the final game before Christmas. That's what coming up today on Locked on Blue Jackets. Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster, here to bring you uh, news, stories, lots of excitement, lots of yelling, uh, updates, previews, recaps, prospect talk, all of the above, and more about your favorite team and mine, the Columbus Blue Jackets. I'm not wearing a turtleneck. The neck of this hoodie is just doing something weird. It's fine. Um, a, little, <laughs> a little look behind the, the camera for you, those of you who have not gotten on the YouTube yet, but uh, before you start, I want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day, every day, even when I record at like 5.07pm 5, 5, Eastern. Uh, I appreciate you for making this your first, your second, your third listen of the day. Um, Locked Blue Jacket is free and available on all podcast platforms. Uh, we're also over on YouTube. If you uh, haven't checked it out there yet, then uh, you should feel free to do so. And uh, well, we've got to talk about the game. If uh, if we don't talk about anything else, we should probably talk about the game uh, because, for better or worse, what happened, uh, a lot more happened than did in the Dallas Stars game, um, but not all of it was good, unfortunately. Um, the Blue Jackets lose 5-3 to the uh, Philadelphia Flyers, which, I guess, fine. If you're going to... If you're going to put in that kind of performance against the Philadelphia Flyers, then I feel like you kind of deserve the L, frankly. Um, Flyers are 11. Uh, they were 10, 15, and 7 on the season. Um, so they had, five, I think they had five points on the Blue Jackets just from overtime games. But So the same amount of wins, same amount of losses. Uh, the Flyers came out of this one victorious. Um, honestly, when they allowed that opening goal to Travis Konechny shorthanded, I was like, oh, it's going to be. It's going to be one of those games. Um, but the first period was super weird. And I don't know if this is like a, a thing that everyone else thought as they were watching the game. But it felt like the puck was bouncing around. It felt like the ice wasn't very good for some reason. I don't know. It just it, Everything looked off a little bit. And I couldn't decide if that was just because the Blue Jackets are playing the second half of back-to-back and the Flyers are mostly incompetent. Um, I say that like the Blue Jackets aren't incompetent, you know what I mean. Um, but it felt like a lot of the passes were not going where they needed to be, or the puck was bouncing or deflecting or just going in weird directions. Um, so maybe that's a, a symptom of this game. But Travis Konechny opens the scoring, and that's his 13th of the season. Um, just a real unfortunate bounce for Daniel Tarasov. And uh, that felt like justice for me talking about how the power play had been uh, getting better past couple of games clearly the hockey gods looked at that and was like right well we'll show him power play um and that was i believe the only special teams goal scored um in the entire game yep sure was blue jackets hadn't allowed a short-headed goal in a while but they uh they allowed one there um and then the second period is kind of where it really went uphill and then downhill extremely fast um kirill machenko scores his third of the season 
uh, Jay Christensen, Eric Robinson get assists on that. Really great to see him score. Just, again, a really weird goal. That was a real stupid goal. Um, if you asked him to do that again, I bet he, he could try 100 times and manage it once. Like, I bet 99 times out of 100, that shot doesn't go in. Um, just a long shot from Jay Christensen. I thought I had a pretty good game, um, all things considered. But um, just, just a real, a real, I hate to say lucky deflection because I know these guys practice that kind of thing and this is not just the puck hit him and bounced in, but it sure was a stupid goal. Um, and then Ken Johnson, uh, who has been going from good to great to better on that top line, I think. I thought he had, a, again, a really strong um, game at center. Face-offs still not there, but eh, it is what it is. Um, I'm not going to be like, hey, send the guy down to the third line wing because he can't win a face-off. Like, neither can anyone else on this team, is the thing. Um, makes it 2-1 to one, uh, about three minutes later, and then, like, a minute and a half after that, Morgan Frost scores. Just a really nice shot from Morgan Frost to tie the game, and then Owen Tippett, again, just... I feel like that was, again, a really stupid goal. Um, makes it 3-2, to two, and that was... Um, yeah, just a casual four-goal second period. It's fine. Blue Jackets down um, 3-2 to go into the third. Travis Konechny again. How are you going to give a guy like Travis Konechny, who has already scored and who has already showed that he's got speed, he's got hands, how are you going to let him just like walk in like that? That might have been the best the, the best goal scored all game. I mean, there's, there's a, a competition for that, and we'll get into that in just a second. But just he kind of just walked his way in, walked past everyone, and then... Just a nice little backhand over the shoulder of Tarasov and in the net. But again, I don't... I don't know, man. What are we doing here? If you're going to let Travis Konechny have all that time and space, like, what are we doing here? Um, Andrew Peake tries his hardest to make it a, a, a game. Makes it three, uh, four to three, Philadelphia, um, with the third goal of the game for the Blue Jackets, 11-11 of the third, just kind of... Somehow leading the rush, deking Justin Braun, and then firing crossbody into the net. And that was... That was Andrew Peake, I guess. Um, he, again, and I saw this on Twitter, and I, I'm, I'm inclined to agree. Um, since pairing him with Christensen, I've actually quite liked that um, that pairing. Uh, I think they, uh, Christensen, I want a little bit more ice time from him. I want a little bit less ice time for Andrew Peake. But him being on that third pairing with Christensen, I think that's a really solid third pairing. Um, and, you know, I think Christensen had a good game. I think Andrew Peake had a pretty good game. Um, unfortunately, the Blue Jackets, again, it's watching them try to defend an empty net is comical. It might be even funnier than watching them try to, like, score a, a goal with the goalie pulled. Uh or trying to, to score on an empty net, excuse me. 5-3, um, Philadelphia. Owen Tipper gets his second of the game, and uh, that'll that'll do it. Um, Blue Jackets got outshot. They got outfaced-offed. Uh, they got out-hit. Like, they just were not a good team in this game. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't like the Dallas game, uh, where the Blue Jackets, I think, played really well and lost. It was the Blue Jackets were incompetent, and the Flyers were just slightly less incompetent. So we're going to talk a little bit more about kind of some of the ins and outs of the game in just a minute. But first, I've got to tell you about Bet Online uh, because it's where the game starts. It's your number one source for sports betting information, news, analysis, stats. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional amateur league out there. Uh, with another goal from Kent Johnson, he's tied for third in rookie scoring. 
I still think that you can put some money on him for the Calder Trophy, and you can do that at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, and I'm assuming you do because you're listening to a lot from Blue Jackets, you can get those at betonline.net as well. And uh, they are the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information. They're just better than all the other sports betting websites out there. They just are. Um, so head to the website today. That is betonline.net. Use your laptop or your mobile device to learn more. Because BetOnline is where the game starts. So let's talk about the game in a little bit more detail. Because there's a couple of like ins and outs that I want to talk about. Um, first of all, the penalty kill, for the most part. Looked looked good. They only, I believe, the Flyers only took one penalty. It was one penalty per um, per team. Neither team scored, uh, except for the fact that the Blue Jackets allowed a shorthanded goal. Um, but the penalty kill, I thought, was 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 solid. It looked like it had good movement. Um, the power play was it, it it existed. It happened. Um, that's about all I can say about it. Um, they ended up moving some of the. The lines around it wasn't um, Gaudreau, Nyquist, Line A, uh, Roslovic, and Bjork on for the entire thing. Um, actually, they uh, they mixed it up a little bit. What was uh, what was this was something that I kind of had a bit of a shock realizing. Uh, Erica Branson played the last thirty seconds of the power play. Why? Genuinely, why? Um, like, I get you don't want to allow another shorthanded goal, but. Why? Why is Erica Branson out there on the power? He led the team in ice time again. Um, second was Tim Burney, I think, because he's been paired with Erica Branson, um, which I don't think is the best thing for Tim Burney. But um, he's getting a little bit of power play time. He's getting some shorthanded time. Um, Marcus Bjork is still getting the bulk of the power play time. Um, Marcus Bjork has uh, the second lowest ice time, but. Before, like Jake Christensen aside, and we've talked about Jake Christensen and his ice time, and I don't think it's gonna, it's getting better, but it's still not you know where I want it to be. Um, every other defenseman played over eighteen and a half minutes. Uh, Marcus Bjork was the second lowest at eighteen fifty three. Erica Branson was the highest at twenty two thirty. So about two and a half minutes um, deviation minus Christensen, who for some reason again Brad Larson has decided he doesn't like him. Um, in terms of ice time for the forwards, though. Again, uh, Karol Marchenko is getting more ice time than than expected. Uh, he's at sixteen twenty six for the game. Uh, Kent Johnson got eighteen twenty four, um, which I believe is third in all forwards. Which again, he's playing with Line and Gaudreau, like that makes sense. Uh, Line led the the forwards in ice time. Uh, again, it was Line Gaudreau, Johnson, and then um, the second line probably uh, takes that second spot um, for some reason. Matthew Olivier got 15 and a half minutes of ice time. Sean Crowley got 17. Um, Eric Robinson got 14 and a half. Like that's, I understand that you're, you know, playing a bunch of, of bottom six guys too high in the lineup. But if you're only going to play Josh Dunn eight minutes a game, Liam Foody nine minutes a game, Carson Meyer nine minutes a game, like you need to call someone up that you're going to use. Um, because you can't play three line hockey in this league, you just can't do it. Especially if your sec, if your third line is essentially a fourth line. That again, I haven't looked. I assume they got caved in by the Flyers because they've been getting caved in basically all season. Um, that 
and and this kind of this this comes on to something else that I want to talk about a little bit is um, Emil Bemstrom had two goals last night in a loss to the Utica Comets. You cannot look at that top six, at that bottom six, excuse me, and think that there is that all six of those players are better than Emil Bemstrom. Um, I did see uh, an interesting comment uh, on Twitter that someone someone said, and it, they did make most a good point. Honestly, um, let me see if I can find it. Uh, Bemstrom's the hottest he's ever been. He's a natural scorer who struggled to score in North America. Let him go on a heater. If you bring him up and he still struggles, you kill this confidence and there's not a chance he gets through waivers again. He's not taking us anywhere. We're not already going, which, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, that was House of Deguchi, uh, David DeGood on, on Twitter. So shout out to David. That is a good point. Um, I think it's just frustrating to watch a guy who is succeeding in the in in the AHL stay in the AHL while other teammates are getting called up who have not been as good like like I like Josh Dunn a lot um I don't know that he's ever going to be a full-time NHLer you can't tell me that he's a better option for the Blue Jackets third line right now like you, Carson Meyer I think is is getting the short end of the stick um I actually like Carson Meyer a lot but you can't look at the, that bottom six of Foodie Meyer um Dunn Olivier, Corrali, and Robinson, and be like, yeah, Emil Bemstrom is worse than all six of those players, because I genuinely don't think he is. Like, I think Corrali's probably better just by dint of being able to, to win face-offs. Is Robinson better? Robinson has more experience. Um, but I wouldn't, I, and I especially wouldn't hate a line of Corrali, Robinson, um, Bemstrom. Like, I wouldn't hate that line. But to do that, you'd have to take Olivier out of that line, and they're not going to do that because they love that line together. Um, and I don't know, man, it's just... It's extremely frustrating because I understand why they're not calling him up, but I also I would like them to call him up. Um, it's very similar to kind of what I said. God, I don't even remember. Um, it might have been when when Bemstrom first got called up, actually, um, a, a while ago, when all of the injuries started. Like Emil Bemstrom is not digging this team out of the basement like this is for this is where the team is i don't think there's an ahl forward out there i don't think there's a player out there that the blue jackets have signed to a contract bar you know jake voracek magically getting healthy again for example or zach Rensky magically getting healthy again um i don't think there's a player out there that can fix the blue jackets right now i don't think bemstrom is Bemstrom is not the answer to this team like suddenly being good but it's frustrating to watch him play well with the Blue Jackets this season, and um, because I think he did play well for the Blue Jackets this season in the couple of games that he got in, get sent down, start tearing up the AHL, um, and then other players get rewarded for doing less. Um, and I do get this whole, yeah, we don't want to kill his confidence. And I do think, yeah, in in terms of like what David is saying about, you know, killing his confidence and, you know, leaving him on this heater, would I rather him play, you know, 20 to 25 minutes a night? With monsters, or would I rather him get the Liam Foodie treatment of playing eight minutes a game and then being scratched kind of on a whim? Like, if they could guarantee 12 plus minutes a night, for example, for Emil Bemstar, I'd be like, yeah, call him up. But they can't do that because then that would cut into the ice time of that fourth line, which obviously we couldn't do for any reason whatsoever because that's our emotional support, fourth line, whatever. But 
it's just it's it's tough to watch a guy succeed in the AHL and know that he could succeed in the NHL, but they're not going to give him that opportunity um, unless you know, knock on wood, somebody else does. Uh, somebody else gets injured. Um, in a minute, we're going to talk about more injuries because uh, Igor Chinikov is going to be out for a while, um, and I have been crunching some numbers to see how the Blue Jackets are doing in terms of man games lost. So we're going to talk about that in just a minute on Locked On Blue Jackets. So the Blue Jackets have uh, the record for man games lost at 507 right now. That was the 14-15 season where everyone was injured, literally everyone. Um, That was the season, I think, that uh, Boone Jenner missed most of the season. Ryan Murray missed most of the season. They had just so many, so many injuries. Um, That might even have been the season where um, the goaltending was Jonas Corposalo and Anton Forsberg because Bobrovsky got hurt, and then Curtis McElhinney got hurt, and it was just, it was it was a time. The Blue Jackets, everyone was injured in that season. Um, that was that was a real bad season. So 507 is is the number that the Blue Jackets, quote-unquote, have to beat. Um, the Blue Jackets right now, well, I did the math before Chinikov uh, was announced that he was going to be out for about six weeks. So the Blue Jackets man games lost right now. And this is only counting like long-ish term injuries. So I'm not counting like, I know Kent Johnson missed a couple of games after coming back from Finland. Um, I know Chinagov missed a couple of games earlier in the season with um, a, a knee injury. I know, um, I'm pretty sure Elvis has been missed a, a week or two with, with an injury. I haven't counted any of those guys. These are just guys that have been on IR for longer than uh, 10 games. So, Justin Danforth, out for the season. He played six games, so if we assume that he misses every other game, that's 76 games by the end of the season. Voracek, again, we assume that he doesn't come back. 71 games. Bean, done for the season. He will miss 68 games due to injury. Wierenski will miss 69 games due to injury. Uh, Nick Blankenberg, if he comes back on schedule, he'll miss. He'll have missed 20 games. If Adam Boquist comes back uh, on schedule, which I believe is Friday's game against the Blackhawks, um, he will have missed 25 games. Corpusalo, if he comes back on schedule, um, he will have missed 15 games. Uh, if we include the games that he missed at the start of the season, uh, he started the season on IR, and then he um, has been out for about a week. So that's 15 games in total. Uh, again, Jenna, if we assume that he misses the the exactly a month of games, uh, that's 15 games missing. For Jenna, Patrick Laine has missed 14 games this season with uh, the elbow injury that he got in game one. And then the ankle injury um, a couple of weeks ago, which he came back from. If we assume that Chinakov is out for exactly six weeks, he missed 21 games. That brings us to 394 man games lost. And that is, again, not counting like the two games that Ken Johnson missed or the four games that Elvis Musleekins missed or the two other games that Chinakov missed or, you know, uh, Erica Branson missed a game or... Um, Andrew Peake missed a couple of games, I think. Like that's that is just guys that have been out for longer than I think 14 games is the low is the lowest there. So guys that have missed more than 14 games were at 394. That gives the Blue Jackets 113 games of of injury to play with. Um and oh that's also not counting uh Cole Sillinger, who's missed two games so far with this uh undefined upper body injury. 113 games is very doable in the last, like, 50 games of a season. Like, that's 
the Blue Jackets could break their own record. I don't know that they'll break the record that the Montreal Canadiens set last year. I believe they hit almost 700 man games lost. But it's tough to look at this season. And, you know, it's a lost season. And, yeah, the Blue Jackets weren't playing well when they were healthy. The Blue Jackets, I don't know, that have had a full healthy lineup this season. I don't know that they have had every single player healthy at the same time. Um, and so, yeah, partially this is because they started off disappointing and then everyone got hurt and the goaltending hasn't been very good and the goal scoring hasn't been there and special teams have been bad. But you look at this like list and you look at how many man games are lost already um, and you think, okay, this. do I think the Blue Jackets would have been a playoff team if they had everyone healthy? Like, Maybe, but not necessarily. Um, but I don't think they'd be in the basement. I don't think they'd be where they are. And so someone else on Twitter mentioned, you know, of all of the years to get, you know, injury gotcha'd, this is a this is not a terrible one. Again, the Blue Jackets, I believe, were in the running for Austin Matthews um, with the last terrible injury season that they had when they lost those 507 games. Um, they were like one lottery ball away from that first overall pick. And, you know, who knows what the team would look like if it had Austin Matthews on it. But in a in a season where, you know, Connor Bedard is that prize pick and then you have, you know, three to six other guys that you could pick second or third overall that probably would change this franchise, um, it could be worse. And so while it's tough watching the team struggle, it's tough watching everyone get injured. Like, if there was a season to be bad and there was a season to be really injured, like, this is it. Um, and we're going to start prospect coverage probably soon-ish after Christmas because there's a lot of it to get through and the Blue Jackets aren't making the playoffs. So we might as well look at maybe the top 16 to 20 uh, picks and then see where we go from there. Um, and so that's probably going to be a little bit down the line. Um, but... Yeah, I just wanted to, to look at the numbers because I was like, man, they've lost a lot of games. They've got 10 guys on IR right now, plus a couple of other guys that are out for like indefinite reasons. Um, and obviously, Muslikins is out with COVID at the minute. I don't know if man games lost counts as illness and injury, but he, so there's another guy down. Um, just this season, man, it's it's so tough to look at and be like, yeah, this this season we could have... This season, they could have done something because I don't, even if they've been healthy, like maybe, but the fact that they are this broken and just keep getting more broken, is just so disheartening. Um, but that's, and you know, we're going to, we'll end on, end on that uh, quite depressing note. Uh, that's all I've got for you today. Tomorrow, we're going to look ahead to the Chicago game on Friday uh, because I'm sure that'll be fun. Um, if Adam Boquist comes back, then the Blue Jackets will have one of the four players they got for the Seth Jones trade in the lineup. If he doesn't come back and Cylinder is still out, all four players that the Blue Jackets got in that trade will be either injured or, in the case of Derry Jiracek, um, I believe he's uh, doing the World Juniors, actually. So he is, you know, knock on wood, he is healthy and okay, just not with the team. But they got four players for Seth Jones and not one of them is uh, in the lineup right now. So that's frustrating but we'll talk about all that we'll talk about how the blackhawks are doing um their quest for bedard uh, on tomorrow's episode uh, i've been jay foster you can find me on twitter at underscore jacob foster j-a-k-o-b-f-o-r-s-t-e-r you can find the podcast at lo underscore blue jackets if you have comments questions criticisms you can email me at locked on blue at gmail.com thank you once again for making this your first listen of the day every day 
Locked on Blue Jackets is free available on all podcast platforms and also over on YouTube. So uh, if you haven't hit subscribe yet, please feel free to do so. And um, we haven't hit the next milestone yet, but I would really like to do that. And uh, yeah, just as we as we approach Christmas, uh, I appreciate you. I hope you all have a fun holiday season. And uh, until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.